And we're live. Hey, Ringrats. How are you all doing? Good evening. Happy Cinco de Mayo. And welcome to Season 5, Episode 20, um, which I need to change on the ticker here. Episode 20 of uh, the Ringcast, the Chicago Blackhawk Ringcast. And uh, we're joined by some great folks here. We are joined by co-founder of the Rink, the gatekeeper, Jeff Osborne. How are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm swell. I am swell. Finally got nice around here, and I hope you're feeling the same same vibes, same vibes. And we got the Bardo here. Bardo showing up. How's it going, my friend? Going well. How are you guys doing? Cool. Doing well. little delay for the Bardo. That's okay. Usually the honor's there for Sean Fitzgerald. Uh, his hamster is <laughs> taking a nap tonight. And his Sean friend- Goldstein. Sean Goldstein, Fitzgerald, his hamster is unfortunately taking a nap tonight, and we heard his fan has been deactivated, so he's on the (laughs) IR, and uh, he won't be joining us, but we've got these two, and we also have uh, our our editor here, we've got Eric Andrews. Uh, Welcome back, buddy. How you been? Doing well, doing well. Good to be back. Excellent. So while you're all probably enjoying the first week of NHL playoff hockey, without our favorite team, the Chicago Blackhawks. We thought maybe you just want to hear about a season in review and how miserable the season was for our boys. <laughs> what fun. Yeah, we haven't let you Let's all get ready some liquor and do this, right? What do you need? Another 40? Two, Jimmy. Yeah. Good man. So at, at any rate, here we go. We're going to dial it back a little bit. Let's talk. Yeah, Bardo, good choice. Good choice there with the scotch or whatever you got. But we're going we're gonna to turn back the clocks a little bit. Let's wind back the clocks a year ago. Uh, not exactly a year ago, but summertime, uh, July, August action. Stan Bowman, in an effort to maybe save his job, both to try to save it from a professional standpoint as far as actually being a general manager, and perhaps maybe even trying to save his behind a little bit, feeling the heat of the NHL and uh, and the law coming his way, uh, made some really interesting moves and tried to sell you all and all of us a playoff roster which really wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. So the Seth Jones trade, let's look back on that real quick. That was the first big move. That was the major blockbuster. It was, oh my gosh, we got a number one defenseman coming into town. Uh, Lost a first round pick because of it. That's actually going to be a very good pick for the Columbus Blue Jackets, unless the Blackhawks get lucky and the NHL rigs the lottery somehow and they end up with a top two pick. Gabe, when Seth Jones joined, tell me about your emotions at the time. Was this going to change everything? Where are you now? How are you feeling about this whole thing? Well, I know our boy Ray wouldn't necessarily agree with me on this, but uh, at the time, I was for the move. Um, I thought he was still young enough that he could be around through, you know, a rebuild into, you know, hitting his heyday uh, just as the rebuild finishes up. Um, I wasn't a fan of the contract. Uh, You know, if the contract was different – I, I don't think as many people would feel as bad as they do about it, right. uh, but they're going to, they're going to really eat it on the end of that contract because it's just going to take forever. It's he's going to die a slow death. Like, like Brent Seabrook did. And right. that's what's just what going to end up happening. But um, you know, the player now he's a good player. Like he had a really good season this year. He yeah. was what third on the third on the Blackhawks in scoring. Yeah. Um, we'll ignore know, he, the he, minus 37, but yeah, well, <laughs> that's for another time. <laughs> 
<laughs> he wasn't getting a whole lot of help back there. But no, he was I, I guess from what I've heard is, you know, from, from all the metrics and stuff, he's act, he actually was having a pretty decent possession right. season and all that stuff. And, and he seems to have played better than he did in Columbus. So I think it's the contract that makes it look, you know, so bad to everybody is is right. at the end of that contract. It's just going to be horrible. But for right now, they're just going to have to deal with it. And teams have found ways around it before. So, like, I, I guess at this point in time, just assume that there's going to be a way that Kyle Davidson's going to make it, going to yeah. be able to make it go away in, you know, five years or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, one thing that I, the contract, you know, it, it kicks in this coming year. And so assuming that Taves and Kane are around, then you've got three guys on your roster at 9.5 plus, you know, more than that. So that is, that's insane. But I'm with you at the time I loved it and I still don't think that lowly of it. And I, and I think a lot of it was because you're giving up a first round pick. Now who's Columbus got for their first round? We're still waiting for the lottery to pan out to see what they get. Right. Are they a lottery team? I have no idea. Anyone know? Yeah. They're around like 10th or 12th or something. Okay. So I mean, I think, that, I think it's basically all teams that don't make the playoffs are basically right. in the lottery, outside of maybe one or two or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, is Seth Jones a better asset than someone who goes in the draft this year between seven and twelve? Probably. You know, I mean, there's definitely an argument for that. But um, I'm curious, Bardo, your thoughts on this whole thing. Do you disagree? I mean, I, I'm not really. I don't feel strongly one way or the other, and maybe that's because we're entering a, a rebuild. But what say you? So. I'm a big fan of Seth Jones. I well, let me let me say I was a big fan of Seth Jones before he got to Chicago. When he got here the first month, I thought he struggled, but I thought he got better as the season went on. Um, bigger picture, I don't think this was a move that they needed to make right now because they're rebuilding. And right. you know, getting a number one defenseman who I know is in his prime at what 27, 28, and I know defensemen age well. By the time this team is good, he may be. 32, 33, and he may be, you know, sort of in the back nine of his career, but still a, you know, middle pair defenseman. You just got to hope that your top two defensemen are relatively, you know, cost efficient, you know, when yeah. you're talking about building a team within, you know, a cap model. Um, so I, I think, I don't think it was a move that was necessary because I think it was just a sign of Stan Bowman bailing on the rebuild and going for the quick fix that um, Kyle seems to be throwing jabs at, that it's not going to be a quick fix. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't a I, I didn't love the move, even though I'm a fan of him as a player. Um, I, I just don't think the move was necessary because if you're rebuilding, you literally have to rebuild and go all in. That, to me, is a move that, OK, you're trying to contend. That's why you make that move. Right. Oh, good call. Good call. What about you, Eric? I mean, and I don't, you know, a little bit more on Seth Jones, but also, I mean, let's look at some of the other acquisitions. Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, they acquired for basically nothing. Um, Tyler Johnson, who I actually was marginally excited about. Were you sold kind of on, okay, well, maybe they'll be a little bit better at the time? Or were you are you just at the time where you're just like, this is just going to be another rinse and repeat? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, if you go back and look at the season preview, season prediction episode that we had, I think, most of us thought that, you know, if they were not going to be in the playoffs, that they would be pretty close. And, you know, I think if you're adding, um, you know, people can argue if Jones is truly a number one defenseman or not, but regardless, he's, he's a bona fide top pairing defenseman. So if you're adding a top pairing defenseman 
a you know high end starting goaltender and you know probably a third line type of guy who has a lot of experience and has some cups under his belt you're adding yeah. that into the mix i mean that's certainly an encouraging you know outlook for you you know if you're wanting to make a run at the playoffs so you know i think that's kind of where everyone was at with it um you know as for each of those moves um yeah, I mean, the easy one, Flurry was a home run. I mean, that was just a right. slam dunk move. He got him for free, ended up, you know, getting a lot of, uh, you know, good games out of him throughout the season, um, you know, and then you were able to flip him for a quality asset at the deadline. So, I mean, that was a fantastic move all around. Um, Tyler Johnson, kind of just a neither here nor there type of move. Um, right. You know, you, you clear out Seabrook's cap hit while taking on Johnson's hit, which was a little bit less, but, you know, at least he can play for you when he's healthy, I guess. But, um, yeah, I was I was fairly excited about him just because, you know, in camp it looked like he was going to be with Debrinket and Kane and they might have been able to have some chemistry and, and been a nice offensive type of line. But, obviously, that never worked out since he got hurt right at the beginning of the year. But, um, or I guess, well, yeah, he had, he had the neck neck issue but um yeah i mean that's kind of ended up just being a whatever type of deal you know i don't think he'll be going anywhere you know until the final year of his deal if even then Um, so he'll just kind of be a guy for the next few years um you know and whatever that's fine you're moving out seabrook's money so you know not a big deal um you know but going back to jones my biggest thing is I just, you know, Bard kind of touched on this too. It didn't really fit the Blackhawks timeline if you're looking at it from a realistic standpoint. Now, understanding that Bowman wanted to go for it to save his job, yeah, it makes a lot more sense in that context. But for what the team should have been trying to do, it it, it just didn't really line up with their timeline. Um we all know that timeline has been a, a hot button topic here <laughs> over the last few days, but at least, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, but at that point, you know, it just didn't make sense acquiring a guy, you know, entering or in his prime, um, you know, giving up a pretty good defensive prospects or young defenseman, you know, however you want to classify Boquist last summer, um, you know, and then a couple of first round picks, that's a pretty, steep price you know in general you know say the hawks were already a playoff team and they wanted to get him to put them over the top that's still a you know fairly high price but it would be at least somewhat understandable if it was a team in that position but for a team like the blackhawks giving up you know one of your best young players and two first round picks um you know cole cylinder has been a decent player for the blue jackets this year so i mean that ended up being a, a decent pick there. And, um, yep. you know, as things stand today, if the Blackhawks do not win the lottery, that pick this year is going to be the sixth overall pick for the Blue Jackets. So good pick. You're, you're talking about two very quality first-round picks there. You're, you're not, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning first-round picks that the Hawks got for Hagel, for example. Yeah. So, you know, they gave up a lot to get him. And then, like you guys mentioned, the contract is killer. But, um you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, like Gates said, you know, Seth Jones had a really nice year, um, you know, over 50 points from the back end. That's a pretty solid year. And yep. like you guys said, he did progress pretty nicely throughout the year. 
Um, I don't know how much you can really fault him for the, the rough start, given that, I mean, everybody was bad at the beginning of the year, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I liked him this year. I thought he was a, a really nice piece for them and, and will be for the you know foreseeable yeah. future. Um, yeah. You know, it all just goes back to that timeline and, and how he does or doesn't fit in. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You Eric, he is a bad, bad man. <laughs> you had two teams, or you had two two primo defensemen, one who asked for a trade and one who was a free agent, and Seth Jones and Dougie Hamilton, and all the teams that are contending that stayed away were like, thank goodness we did that. Carolina certainly does not miss Dougie Hamilton. No. Uh, no. Not, not one bit. Uh, so that's for sure. The other guy that we haven't mentioned yet, who I everyone kind of thought was the wild card and ended up, you know, not really making that much of a difference was McCabe is, is, is Jake McCabe. And, you know, it was kind of like, Oh, they kind of got a nice deal for this guy. Like maybe he was just stuck in Buffalo and not doing a whole lot. And I don't know. I mean, he's serviceable, but you know, looking back on the season, Jake McCabe, I guess he had a decent year. He's just kind of a guy. Um, I don't know. Any, any additional thoughts on McCabe? I mean, they've still got him on the hook for four more years. You know, Connor Murphy has a has a decent contract. Connor Murphy, though, I, I mean, at some point, he's only going to be a fifty game a year player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he can't seem to stay healthy. So, you know, they still got money tied up in these defensemen, and you just kind of wonder. You know, I don't know. I I bumped into a, an NHL exec when I was at the Frozen Four, and we were talking about the Blackhawks, and he said it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'll, I think I'll throw in I'll throw in another point. I'm one of the guilty uh, humans who um, who picked the Blackhawks to go to the playoffs. But the big caveat yeah, that I had, the big caveat that I had were was um, was Colleton being able to develop as a head coach. And he was god awful. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it speaks to the fact that this team wasn't coached properly. Um, yeah. Talent development is an issue. Um right. So, yeah, I mean, that that to me are two huge problems right there. And, and you yeah. know, if you look at someone like Boquist who went over to Columbus, who actually was not that bad this year, maybe he was better. I didn't watch him much, but he seemed to he seemed to play pretty well every time I did see him. Yeah. Yeah, no, Bo- Boquist had a hell of a year. You know, so, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that brings us to our next point. And, and, and certainly what happened when the season began, uh, the scandal that uh, the sexual assault scandal with Kyle Beach that rocked Chicago, rocked the NHL, uh, rock hockey, rock hockey. Yeah. Definitely rock hockey. And, you know, certainly, you know, that was more on the forefront of people's minds than beginning the season. Um, I mean, we could, we could go on and on about that. Um, you know, but obviously that, that was a situation where an organizational failure, um, you know, from years ago, uh, coming to light now, uh, Stan Bowman lost his job. Some other people lost their jobs. Uh, you know, Kyle, Kyle Davidson, interim GM, but then uh, as far as the on ice product, the season was over before it started because the Blackhawks were so damn bad because Jeremy Colleton is a disaster. Mm-hmm. So in November, goodbye, Jeremy, let's talk about Jeremy Colleton's marvelous tenure for a minute gate. You miss him. I mean, you seem like you miss him. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, when I think of Jeremy Colleton, I think of, uh, you know, I think gate and, you know, I think people, oh, maybe he just didn't get a chance. Now nah, I'm messing with you, Gate. Gate, Jeremy Carlton, <laughs> Jeremy Carlton's tenure in Chicago. Please comment. Blech. Yeah, so I please, mean, please vomit if you have to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, when he first took over, I was like, I was one of those guys that was like, hey, let's give him a chance. Let's see what he can do, right? Let's not damn him because he's Joel, he's not Joel Quenville. 
let's give the guy a chance and see what happens. You know, maybe he is, yeah. you know, a good young coach. Maybe he, he does have a lot of promise. Give him a little bit to go. Right. And after one season, uh, I was done with him. <laughs> yeah, right. I just, I was not, I'm like, I couldn't believe some of the moves he was making yeah. um, and how entrenched she was with his favorite players like David Camp uh, and just overtime specialist. Yeah. Yeah. It, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like he was coaching like his hair was on fire and right. like not a care in the world and nothing was working. And he was supposed to be this great communicator, but when he came in, he doesn't communicate real well. So it's <laughs> like, he didn't, he, he came in advertises one thing, and he proved to everybody else he wasn't that. And uh, and then uh, pile on top of that, the team was just bad. The team yeah. was bad. It right. wasn't bad because Jeremy Colleton, or solely because Jeremy Colleton was bad, but the team, you know, anyone was coaching that team. They would have been bad. If Joel Quenville was coaching that team, it would have been bad. So yeah. it's like, you know, it's, it's not only was Jeremy Colleton bad, but the team was bad as well. And it was just right. a lot of things just it weren't working out. And um, they probably waited too long. They probably should let him go. And if they were going to do something, hire a coach last year and get and let him get in there and get a system in there and have a training camp and all that other stuff, uh, that probably would have been the way to go. But they didn't. Uh, right. Stan wanted to go out there and he wanted to give his boy one last hurrah and let him try just yeah. to prove everyone, you know, prove everyone wrong that Stan knows everybody, you know, better than everybody. Yeah. So, Some sort uh, of some magical guru that is misunderstood and oh, he's got these intricate systems and savant. Yeah. Just a, such a sub hockey right. savant. Oh, how cool. And um, he ended up just yeah. being very good at losing hockey games um, <laughs> in the end. And I think that the, the, the thing that I, that tipped the scales for me where you finally just went, Oh my God, this is a disaster. Is there's that game early in the season where the Blackhawks called timeout and they were all called in and Jonathan Tabes grabbed the clipboard from the coaching staff. And said, this is what we're doing. And just yeah. started drawing it up. And I think it was Pat, Pat and Ed Edzo were like, I've never seen anything like this, folks. The players are just taking over. That was so, that was awkward silence 101. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um now is he coaching anywhere? Does anyone know the whereabouts? Bardo, do you know the whereabouts of Jeremy Colleton these days? I thought I, I saw that he's an assistant for the Canadian national team. Did I see that oh, right? Is, he, is that happening? Well, he was for the Olympics. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. So that would make sense. Still doing that. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. That's the thing that gets me. It's like he has no pedigree. He just gets no, walked right into this position <laughs> with the Canadian national team. He has no pedigree whatsoever. He was a right. mediocre AHL coach, and then he was a bad NHL coach. And yeah. what do you do? Just walk him know. right over to Team Canada and yep. walk, usher him right in the door. Spent probably showed good minutes. communication skills in the interview. <laughs> Did half a season in half a season in the AHL before being promoted, you know, to being an NHL hockey coach. And oh my god, what an epic Dumpster disaster. Fire. I don't know. We probably should have all seen this coming. The minute he walked in and Brent Seabrook was like, get this guy out of here. You know, I, I know Seabrook was upset because he was a healthy scratch and all those things, but I remember you know the vibe from Seabrook when people are asking him questions, he was very sheepish and didn't want to comment. It was just like those two guys were drafted like in the same year and played on yeah. the same Canadian junior team. Yeah, they played on like the same teammates. Yeah. How and bad so, is uh, that? You hate yeah. your ex-teammate that bad. Seabrook <laughs> <laughs> was probably like, this was the guy we gave wedgies in the corner to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so here in incoming is Derek King. 
And, you know, I, I'm going to ask uh, Eric to comment on this first, but, you know, I, I'm a Derek King fan as a person. I'm just going to say, like, I, I think Derek King sounds like just a great guy. Um, you know, he, he's got great sound bites. He sounds like he genuinely cares about his players. Uncle but, D good old uncle D yeah, but he's, <laughs> but he also just, it just, I don't know. Sometimes he seems really sleepy. I don't know what it is, but I don't, I don't know. Eric, it, Kyle Davidson the other day kind of said, uh, you know, it's oh, time to hey, Kat, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> We're thinking very seriously about a new head coach. Is this going to happen? Does this sound like this is imminent or do you keep Kinger around for a year or two during the rebuild? Eric, what do you say? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good question. It's a, obviously a big question for this summer. Um, going back to Colleton, I'll throw in my two cents on him. Um, He's basically the Nashville Predators of coaching. <laughs> nice. Yeah, not bad. Oh, he kind of did cut out. Yeah, that was a, what a mic drop. Wow, that was a mic drop. Wow. Didn't, didn't even have a minute to yeah, clarify. Nice talking with you, Cap. See you around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and our three listeners tonight are going, what does he mean? Um, <laughs> Is he back? Is he back? We got him back? I don't know. Are you back? I think I'm, I'm back. Okay, right. we cut, right. you did a perfect mic drop on that. Yeah, exactly. Now, now clarify this. Clarify this. Nashville Predators, why? Tell us why. Because they're cocky and have never done a darn thing. Love it. There you go. There you go, folks. Derek King. So, anyway, Derek King. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I Like you said, Andy, I like him as a guy. I think he was what the team needed in light of – you know, everything was going on at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, does he have a long-term future as an NHL head coach? Probably not. You know, I think we just ha- didn't really see enough from him in terms of, you know, leading an NHL team to really see that. So, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of what do you envision – for a coach for the next few years until you're getting to that point of contending. And, you know, if Derek King is capable of developing, you know, the younger players, helping them improve, you know, while also, um, you know, being likable and respectable for the veterans, which it seems like that's the case. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I know when he first stepped in, it seemed like all the veterans were on board and we're frequently saying, yeah, like he had a long and successful NHL career, something yeah. that Jeremy Colleton did not have. Yes, um, pedigree matters. Right. Matters really. So I don't know. I mean, to me, I can kind of go either way with it. I like him as a guy, like you said. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to keep him around. I just don't know, you know, that they're going anywhere with him necessarily, but they're probably not going to be going anywhere with whoever it might be for the next few years anyway. So I don't know. It's kind of a take it or leave it. Um, You know, if they end up picking somebody else, I wouldn't mind him sticking around as an assistant or associate or even going back to Rockford or, you know, whatever it might be, keep him around in some capacity if he wants to stay. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent as far as the head coaching position. It seems like he could be a good assistant, kind of a the player's guy. You know, I mean, I kind of, you need mm-hmm. your assistant coaches to be those kind of guys. Yeah, the um, good coach, bad coach kind of thing. Right, exactly, exactly. When you're, you know, you're not understanding your head coach and he's running too hot, you turn to your assistant and you go, what is going on around here? 
you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Bardo, Rick Tockett's name is floating <laughs> around a little bit. Um, I don't, yeah. And it, it sounds like that, <laughs> sounds like Cal is going to interview a few other people and check some things out. Will we have a new head coach? What do you think of Tockett? Oh, hey, Cal. How's it going? <laughs> um, I'm not a big Tockett guy, to be honest with you. Um, I, yeah. I wasn't a fan of him. Um, his work previously was with Arizona. Um, but yeah, that was a flop. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's also a dead end job to begin with, but um, sure. in any event, I, I think that I, I was all for keeping King. I know the players like him, but I'm just not sure if he's developing talent enough or if there is a system or structure in place. I think it's just right now, it's just kind of play loose and get through the season. That's kind of how I felt that his role was. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure if he is the right guy to at least even develop talent. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in or interviewed, you know, David Quinn, who did a nice job with developing some of the talent with the Rangers. Um, he, he he did a nice job. There could be others out there. But, Mike Yo. Um, <laughs> oh my yeah. God! Why? How did anyone tweet? A, that just drives me crazy. Who did he say? Mike uh, Yo. Mike Yo. Was oh jeez. A semi-respected columnist tweeted that Mike Yo would be someone that the Blackhawks should take a look yeah, at. Yeah, I did see, I did see oh, that. On. While we're talking yeah. about recycling garbage. Yeah. Mike Yo, I say Mike Nyo. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not happening. Brutal. That'd be a really bad move. So, yeah. yeah. So, I had to throw that in there because it was brought up this week. So, no, good choice. Good yeah. choice. Yeah. I like, that. like it a lot. So anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think the coach really matters at this point. Um, it unless, does from I, a talent I, development standpoint. Yeah, that, and that's why I like your Quinn call. Um, that someone who's good at working with young players. You know, let's, yeah, I don't, I don't mind uh, Derek King, uh, yeah. but I'm not in love with him either. Like, right. you know, he's okay if you're gonna get, if you're gonna keep him around because the kids seem to like him and he is that likable uncle guy, you know they can joke around with the players and still relate yep. to them slightly and got, you know, a little bit, a little bit of that and still has a little bit of respect to the, the you know, the veterans out there. That's fine. That's okay. Yep. I'm, I'm fine with that because this is not the guy that's going to get you through to when you're going to be a winner. You need a guy that just can hold a, hold the franchise together long yep. enough to get players in there to then compete. So yep. as long as Derek King can do that all fine and well, or yeah. like Quinn or something like that. But that's what you re need right now because this next coach is not going to be the guy who you're probably going to be winning with. I mean, Crawford, Crawford was almost like your X's and O's guys in a way because he right. was the guy that was the experienced coach. I think he won a cup of Colorado. Um, you know, he was, you know, I know I know Stan brought him in, but he was like your, your X's and O's guy. Now he's gone. And it's like, I don't think they're going to bring in another assistant just to babysit. Derek King to me, no. it's a whole different staff. And I think, I think he wants to put his, I mean, Derek King, remember was hired by Stan Bowman, even in, in Rockford. So this to me is a brand new, I, to, I just feel, I have a feeling now it's going to be a fresh new hire, just seeing all these moves that he's making. I just think it's going to be, you know, clean the slate. And I think he's going to bring his own guy in to make, and maybe mark. they send, yeah. maybe they send Derek King back to Rockford, you know? Yeah. He's yeah. right there. It's fine. And, and yeah. maybe they do that, you know? Uh, because yeah. this was this was all you know it was a no win situation really. Oh. Uh, he was thrown into this team that was really bad. He has and no it. NHL coaching experience. Like it yep. was doomed to fail anyway. Mm -hmm. So 
You know, maybe just throw him a bone and be like, hey, thanks for taking that bullet for that half year. We'll put you back at Rockford, let you develop a little bit more. Maybe we'll move you up as a you know an assistant in a year or two or something like that and and give you a legit chance to kind of build a resume behind you. And then right. uh, you know, that would be nice too. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. So yeah, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about Kyle Davidson for a little bit here. I mean, so Kyle Davidson, they go through the hiring process, they're hiring a new GM midseason. They bring in external candidates, a lot of which we talked about. There was even one mention of uh, Chirelli, Chicarelli. I can't, I don't know how you pronounce this. Chirelli, yeah. Chirelli, yeah. That was scary, scary thought. Yeah, nice talking with you, Cap. See you, man. And then who is who's the guy? Who's the, the, the Hurricanes associate or assistant GM? What was his name? Eric Tulski. Tulski. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Bardo. Tulski. Matthew Darsh was another name that was brought in. Um, but they go with Kyle Davidson. Um, and so it sounds like they trusted him and obviously trusted him moving forward. Let's get, I mean, I, there's a, we can't sit here and, and write a report on, you know, Kyle Davidson's, you know, tenure and, you know, and how it's gone. It's way too early for that. But, but I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say that I, I think he's done some really good things. Um, and I, I actually like his, I'm using eye language. We can all disagree. I like his approach though, where he's just like, we have to do this. We're going to do it. You know, we mentioned before this talk, Kane and Taves coming out lately and saying, oh, you know, we can still win earlier than you think in a rebuild. And Kyle goes, no, no, probably not. <laughs> you know, he's, he thought differently, but, uh, Eric early thoughts on Kyle Davidson in his, he's been in his tenure over a few months, you know, good move yeah, with the I mean- few other things what do you got yeah like you said i really like that he is not afraid to do what he thinks is the right thing whatever implications that has whatever backlash he might get from you know the fan base or whatever he doesn't care he's gonna do what he thinks is the best thing for the franchise in the long term and that's exactly what they need in the general manager um you know, sometimes that means making an unpopular move. Sometimes that means firing people, whatever it might be. He has already shown since taking over in the interim capacity back in the fall that he's not afraid to do that. Um, you know, it took what, like a week for him to can Jeremy Colleton um, as an mm-hmm. interim GM. I mean, that takes some degree of guts to do yeah. that. Um you know, and, and just from there, there's been a lot of things that he's done that, you know, shows he's not afraid of this and, you know, is, is going to do what he thinks needs to be done. Um, you know, arguably the biggest, most notable thing he's done is, you know, trading Brandon Hagel. And, run. you know, that was a, you know, hotly debated topic around that time and, you know, even the months leading up to that. But, you know, and, and he said himself, you know, I'm not trading him unless I get blown away. Well, he got blown away and he pulled the yeah. trigger and good on him for doing it. I was totally blown away. So, yeah, I mean, and also let's let's assess that a little bit. What is Brandon Hagel with the Tampa Bay Lightning? Hmm, he's a third line winger. Shocker. Just right. like we all said. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he was able to turn a third-line winger into that return was spectacular. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, even just that move alone, you know, certainly encourages me for how he's kind of viewing this thing and, um, you know, what he, you know, is comfortable with doing. Um, you know, like I said, he, he's going to do what he thinks is right for the long-term mm-hmm. success of the franchise. So that is exactly what they needed at, in a general manager. So it's it's exciting to see that he's doing just that. Yeah, Brandon Hagel had 20, 21 goals over 55 games with the Blackhawks uh, before he was dealt to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in 22 regular season games uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, he amassed four goals. And it's because, you know, and, and folks, you should not be surprised by this. Everyone thought we were, you know, not everyone, not not the people at the ring. I know that much. But fans out there were saying, how could you get rid of this guy? He's point producing. He's not that, that is not his role in the NHL. He was a very a, a needed player on a very bad hockey team. And he goes to Tampa Bay and he doesn't get the ice time that he was getting in Chicago. I mean, it's that simple, folks. So big props to Davidson on that trade. I mean, that was awesome. Gabe, the flurry trade, too. Wasn't that long ago we're on the rank and on the podcast we're saying there's no way you get a first from Mark Andre Fleury. Now it's a possibility. Did you like that trade? Do you like what he did with that to Minnesota and Bill Guerin? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um <clears throat> I mean, that was the best he was going to get at that time. Yeah. Uh that you know, he, he read the market pretty well on that. And uh, you got to give him credit because you know, he was not not too long in the tooth for that for that, uh, you know, that trade deadline. And, and a lot yeah. of people were questioning who, who are you going to give control to for the trade deadline? And it was, there was a big question of that leading up to it, whether yeah. he was going to have that kind of control to do what he did. And, uh, he went out and, you know, it looks like he went out there and he put his, you know, reputation on the line and just said, Hey, this is, I'm going to do what's best for the team. And, and he did. Uh, yeah, this the Mark Andre thing. Like that was it had to be done. You had to get something back. Yeah. That was a free asset that you got that you had to turn into something. And yeah. um, and kind of Hagel was the same way because he was a free asset. He was a never, college never free agent, or, yeah. or he was a junior free agent. So yeah. it's like he was a free asset that you've now turned around into a, a couple of assets, several assets, yeah. I would say. Um. I like it. I like it. He comes out and he's and he's and he doesn't BS you. He doesn't uh, double talk and lawyer talk you like Bowman did. He just comes out and he says what he feels. And I, and I like that. I like the, a little bit of honesty out of, yeah. you know, my say, front we office. Like, we like our team. You don't hear that from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We think we're playoff teams and yeah. this and that. And there's accountability and da, 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 da. And all of, you know, Stan's double talk and lawyer talk. Like, it's nice to not have that. This guy seems like you know, a Chicago type dude who, you know, just no BS kind of guy. And I think fans can gravitate to that so far. I'm, I'm a fan of what he's done and I don't hate that. I didn't hate the pick, but it was like, why did you go through all this stuff? If this is the guy you were going to pick, you know, you, this whole dog and pony show that you put on, if this was was the guy you were going to pick all along. Yeah. Like there was definitely a trade going on there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's leave it up to the Blackhawks to put some kind of big, a media event on and all this thing that, you know, they, they did that for press really is right. what they did. And, uh, <clears throat> but the guy himself, like I'm, I'm happy with what I've seen he's done and we'll see what he does at the draft. We'll see, you know, cause he did fire some, some of the staff. Uh, Mark yep. Kelly's gone, isn't he? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Mark Kelly, it sounds like Mark Kelly wasn't doing a whole lot. Yeah. The reports back on Mark surprised. Kelly. That, yeah. He wasn't, 
wasn't scouting in person anymore. Was relying too much on video. It was just kind of got really lazy at his job. Well, I mean, when you don't develop players for damn near right. a decade, something's got to go on in the scouting and the drafting and the development side of things. You you have to make changes. So yeah. I'm glad he did that. And it's something yeah. that was glaring need. So no, we'll see where it, it goes from there. Let's review real quick what uh, just just a reminder of those folks out there. We just talked about Brandon Hagel and Marc-Andre Fleury, two players that if you follow the rink at all, said the, the folks at the rink said these two guys have to move. We don't care how in love with you in love with them. You might be. With a week to go before the trade deadline, uh, myself included, a lot of people thought Mark andre Fleury was just going to remain with the Blackhawks um, because, you know, it, that did really go down to the wire. So, um, you know, just a quick reminder, Brandon Hagel was traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning for Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish, uh, both who saw regular minutes uh, with the Blackhawks down the stretch. Uh, a, a 2023 NHL or 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 first-round pick, both are top 10 protected, uh, but the Lightning probably will not find their way into the top 10 in the draft because the juice is still going with them. They're, they're playing really good hockey. They're, they're going to be cup contenders over the next couple of years. And then Marc-Andre Fleury traded to the Minnesota Wild for, at worst, a second-round pick in this year's draft, which is awesome. Now, Marc-Andre Fleury needs three more wins in the playoffs, and Minnesota needs to get to the conference finals, and that turns into a first-round pick, which would be solid goal. Yeah, we all have to be Minnesota fans right now. Oh, going huge for Minnesota. And it's kind of easy. I hate the St. Louis Blues just because it's what happens when you're a black fan growing up. Bardo, any other thoughts on Kyle Davidson? Are you excited to see what he can do this summer? I am. To me, I mean, he won me over with the trade deadline, um, the way he handled it. He was very methodical. Um, what he was able to get for, you know, a guy who should be a third-line winger on a contender – um, was flat out great for a rebuilding team. Um, you know, let's, you know, the draft picks are great, but, you know, so far so good on those two other players. We'll see if they have a future. I mean, they came in, played well, but, um, you know, I like what I've seen out of Radish, you know, kind of a size speed guy who's got pretty good hands. And, um, you know, the other Kachuk, I guess is what we should call him, um, you know, <laughs> seemed to play okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we'll say, but the draft picks obviously being probably the more important assets that they got. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, look, you got flurry basically knowing that if they stunk, they were going to flip them and they did. So, um, mission accomplished for getting something for free that they literally, you know, landed no worse than a second round pick. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I am curious to see how the draft goes, um, you know, and what he, what other moves he has for this off season, what does the team look like? you know, relative to a rebuilding team, because obviously you have to have, you know, there's a cap floor. You got to have some bodies here. What happens with Kane and Tabe? So it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's an interesting off season ahead for sure. Yeah. We I, I just want to know if the other Kachuk is the Shemp of the Kachuks. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah. We're also forgetting Kyle Davidson had the gall. If you can imagine to trade the prized and coveted Alex Nylander. Oh my God. How dare he? So Alex Nylander was shipped out of town to Sam Lafferty, who actually had a pretty decent season for his role and has been extended for what is it? 1.5 for two years, 1.5 per over two years. I think he's what he was extended for. So some yeah. nice bottom six labor out of that for a guy who I think has actually played his last NHL game. Alex Nylander is not an NHL hockey player in any way, shape or form, regardless of his bloodlines, go to Europe, Tax-free, whatever you got over there. Have a ball, kid. Uh, but uh, that's the end of the line for him in Chicago. And um, 
man, that wasn't a fun ride for him. He did get injured, and that is unfortunate. But uh, despite that injury, his play was subpar, to say the least. And Can so, I throw a hypothetical out there? Do it. I want to hear it. All right. Let's just say, I mean, Lafferty has played well. He's shown he can, you know, have a little bit of offensive, let's call it flair, lack of a better term. What happens if he comes in next year and by February has 15, 20 goals? Oh, I have him in the Cotton Smythe. I don't know about you guys. Well, that too. <laughs> but if he, if he plays like a Hagel, yeah. I'm just saying. He already yeah. kind of is playing yeah. like a Hagel. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's sort yeah, of that. trending that way. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it all goes back to like like Eric would say it was saying before, like if you can't replace that that Hagel with, you know, someone else in the organization or, you know, a second or third round draft pick. You know, you, you do that if you can, you know, yeah. and, and Sam Lafferty might be that he may they may have replaced him almost immediately. Yeah, yeah 20, 27 years old. 27 years old. Now he's he's cap controlled. He doesn't have to worry about his next contract for a couple years. He had five goals with the Hawks this year. I mean, I don't, I don't, to your point, Bardo, I don't see 20 as an impossibility for, for next year for the season. I think he can do it. I mean, watch rinse repeat. If he if he's off to a hot start and has, you know, 15 yeah. goals, I would flip him in two seconds. Right. That's but again, kudos, kudos again to Kyle Davidson for just being like, yes. Hagel, they're everywhere, guys. Yeah. You know, they're Hagel's they are. generational talent. And uh, and Eric, to your point, he waited it out, waited it out, waited it out, found the best offer. Because I remember, you remember how ticked off we were when we heard that there was a, a prospect and a first round pick being offered for him and the Hawks didn't do it at the time. And we were living. Yeah. So you should have done that immediately. Living. And then look, they got better. And then it got better. Yeah. So. Yeah, Kyle Davidson's had a good start. I think we can all all agree to that, and and hopefully uh, rooting for him, definitely rooting for him. So, I mean, as, as we think about Kyle Davidson and moving into the summer, a couple hot buttons. Obviously, Patrick Kane. Does he want to be traded? Does he want to stick around? The way he's talking publicly, it sounds like he just wants to stay, and maybe see it through. Who knows? Who knows if that conversation with Kyle Davidson and, and Patrick Kane has happened, or if Kyle's saying, "What do you want to do here?" Uh, we can move you or you can stay. Taves, his heavy contract. I think we've all agreed in our last podcast he's going to see that through and then maybe retire. I don't know. Maybe sign the cheap and stay. Who knows about Jonathan Taves? The big kicker, and I want to talk about this because this is the Twitter universe just loves Dylan Strom. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. The fact that, the fact that, the fact that Dylan Strom is such a hot topic just shows you how low the Chicago Blackhawks have gone in recent years. That's, oh, my God, Dylan Strome, the savior. Yeah. Okay, folks, here's the deal. I'm going to go off here for a minute. Feel free to stop me. That guy needs to chill out. Everyone's going to go. Here goes Campbell on Strome. <laughs> folks, yes, he's centering Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane. He's centering a 100-point guy and a 40-goal scorer, and everyone's like, wow, Strome's lights out. He doesn't have to do a whole lot, right? He is a passenger who picks up points because of that. What do we do with Strom, guys? Let's go to Eric. Strom. Pending pending refricted. Refricted street agent. Dylan Strom. Figure it out. Yeah. Oh, oh dear. Oh, dear. Restricted free agent to be 
Dylan Strom. Eric. Pitter patter. Dictated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't we just say that a couple years ago? His fate, Eric. What is it? The longer that this has gone, um, you know, with him being around, I think the point where I'm at is if he's a top six center for you through the rebuild, that's fine. Like, I mean, they've tried trading him for well over a year now and can't get anything, you know, of note. So, yeah. honestly, the his best value to the franchise is probably just to hang on to him. And, you know, he's one of those guys that just – kind of is there and fills a hole and that's that i mean we've said it you know in the past just because you're rebuilding doesn't mean you can you know just throw out a ton of kids and they're in way over their head you still need established nhl players playing nhl minutes within a role that you know generally fits their abilities so you know if your plan which it seems like it is is you know to be a bottom five bottom 10 team for the next few years i think you can do a lot worse than having dylan strome as a top six center for you because you know it's not like he's david camp where he's clearly not a top six center i mean he you know on on a quality team neither of them are but strome at least kind of somewhat has that profile so you know if he's a an extremely low end top six center through a rebuild that's fine because you're not going to get anything for him. So I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of just like, whatever, you know, he, he's a, not a great asset at this point. So I, I feel like he's going to be most beneficial for them. Just sticking around for the next couple of years and, you know, see what happens. Yeah. I mean, Bardo, what, what's the scoop exactly restricted free agent, but he's arbitration eligible. So an arbitrator can come in and dictate the terms of his next salary or at least the price tag. How does that whole thing work? It, it, does Dylan Strom have the ability in his agent to say, well, we're not, Kyle, we're not getting anywhere with you. So we go to the arbitrator. Is that how that works? Well, I think they could base There's a way for them to trade them before he's, as an arbitration eligible player, you can trade him beforehand. I mean, they're going to exchange numbers and all that. I don't know what the right. percentages are off the top of my head, but Basically, he can be traded even before arbitration, and the team that gets him obviously right. will know that he what you know somewhat where, where he's going to land. But um, they also could get his number and say, you know what, we're not comfortable with it. Let's flip him. So, right, and then they can. Now, but the Hawks have to qualify by June thirtieth. Is that right? Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but qualifying orders, qualifying offers like one hundred percent of his salary. Yeah, it's just a cheat. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it, it, yeah, it's just a push pretty much. And Kyle Davidson has all the cards in negotiating unless Strom decides to go to an arbitrator to decide it. And that's what Jake DeBrusque did, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. And so that might dictate the terms something. If 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 uh, Jake DeBrusque is the barometer for that, that's what I'm worried about is all of a sudden. Well, I, you get- what the barometer is going to be that he's going to probably find some centers that are basically, you know, equivalent to his. Um, performance so whatever his point production is he's going to say well look at these guys and this guy and this guy they're making this so i deserve to get this so that's what he's that's the case that he'll present to an arbitrator so 
So if you're Kyle Davidson right now, I hope you're at least beating the phones to find out if there's some meat stick out there that would take Strom for a first round pick or something. Hundred percent. I mean, he should be he should be trying to pedal him, you know, in, in two seconds. I mean, he's the best thing you, you said was the fact that he's a passenger. I mean, if you remember, I'm gonna throw a name out there from the uh you know, early nineties, late eighties. You remember Rob Brown when he was on the Penguins? Oh yeah. I loved Rob Brown. I loved him. He's great player. on the Wolves. He was great, awesome on the Wolves. And he was great I mean, at the guy had like 40, 50 goals, but why? Because he played with Mario Lemieux. Yeah. Other after that, he sucked. So yeah. yeah I mean great. all on Rob Brown. Yeah, there you go. So that, that's my little throwback <laughs> for the day. Eric, I don't even know if you were born when Rob Brown was playing. But that's <laughs> Good old 44. I love that number. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I I mean, to me, it's like, I, I do agree, though, with Eric. It's like, if I don't want to just give him yeah. away as much as I can't stand him. But if you right. could find a sucker um, that will take him for a high draft pick, or if by chance he's playing with a couple of guys that, you know, make him somewhat better again, and maybe these couple of guys are not Kane, and yep. you know, all of a sudden he looks good. Flip him, trade him while while he's hot. You know, it's, it's a stock market game. We know or that. Pack, package it with someone. Yeah, package him with somebody. That's you fine get, too. You can package him or get Dylan Strom somewhere incorporated into trade where you can get a first plus. Just do it. I um, still think that well, you know what you could do worse than trade him to uh, the Rangers. You know, so he could be with his yeah, brother. Yeah, I hear that. Gate, you were about well, to I'm, say something. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to look at it this way. Um, Someone's got to play center for the Blackhawks, like Eric was kind of saying before. Someone's got to yep. play center for him. And if you want Dylan Strome to be your number one center through that, ex- not expecting much out of him, but enough yep. to get you out on the ice and competing or at least looking competitive, okay, fine, great. If you can yep. get him at a good low price, because what does a number one center cost in this league? You know, what are you going to do? You're going to throw Lucas Reichel up there and have him play first line center right away. Yep. Just right. throw them to the dogs. No, you don't want to do that. So, um, you know, if you want to do that, a low cost controlled guy like Dylan Strom, if you want to, ha- if you want him to hang out here, that's cool. I mean, but he did, you got to look at it. Like he shot 17 and a half percent. He's not going to do that forever. Like for Never his career, again. Never he's again. usually going to be in the, you know, the 14 to, to 13 range of that. So he's not going to score as much. And right. his face, actually his face off percentage this year was uh you know, 52 and a third percent, like that's really good for him. He's that never been good. above like 47 in his career, other than one little brief time with Arizona before he came to the Hawks. Like he's having, he had kind of a career year in a contract year and that's for him. That's great for the Blackhawks. Not as much. So, you know, you might have to pay a little bit more to keep him around slightly. Right. Um, <clears throat> just because, you know, it looks like he's trending upward. You just caught him at a bad time like they did with Jeff Skinner uh, a couple years ago where he had that monster career year and the Sabres had to pay him and they just had to eat it. Like, it's not going to be that to that degree, but, um, you know, it, it it may cost them a little more than it would have if they would have, you know, done something or traded him or done something, you know, before. So, yeah. No, it's a good call. And I, I mean – we're speculating, but if I had to guess, Dylan Strom will be in Chicago next year. I, I, I yeah, think, you know, I, I think, think so too. Yeah, I think yeah. they'll agree with him. And and honestly, when you're rebuilding from a marketing standpoint, keeping that line together and watching them put up a lot of points, people will pay money to come see it. They will, even in a losing effort, the people that come to the games will want to see points from from that trio of Kane, DeBrinket, and Strom. Um, and it'll be a lot like you know they'll 
you know, kind of be like those Kings teams of the Triple Crown era, you know, with a, a, a JV version of that. Well, didn't Radish play with uh, Strom? He did. Junior? He did. I mean, junior. there's another chemistry kind of kind yeah. of thing. Players that are familiar with each other and like each other. I mean, yeah. if you're going to have to have guys that have to have, a, you know, have to put on that happy face and right. bring it in every day, you know, even though they're bad, their team's bad. Well, you know, maybe if you got a team right. full of a bunch of guys that are friends, <laughs> maybe right. that'll so, help. I don't know. Who knows? I'm just thinking well, outside the box. Strom also right. is that he's still young. You know, he's, we're not talking he about is. a 31 year old guy. He's still, you know, somewhat young and, you know, the team may argue that he hasn't even hit his prime yet. And so, was he 24? Is he 20? I don't even know if he's 26 yet or 25. Yeah, it's just the thing about Strong. Yeah, he's fine. He's okay. There's just something missing there. He's soft. And it, well, it's skating ability, actually. Yeah. I think that's the thing is he just he can't blow by people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he's I mean, not yeah. physical either. No, he's I mean, not. He's really not. Charmin soft. He's just, yeah. I don't know. He's just he's not a very tall and skinny. Guy. He's not exciting. There's nothing exciting about him. So, anyway, if that line stays together, the Strom came to Brinkett line for all you hockey historians out there. It'll be a lesser version of the triple crown line of Marcel Dion, Dave Taylor, and Charlie Simmer <laughs> when the Los Angeles Slightly. Kings in the early 80s were losing a lot, but you could watch that line. However, subcontext for you Blackhawks fans, it will be a significant upgrade than the ABC line of the early 2000s <laughs> from you know, Ty- Tyler Anderson, Mark Bell, and Kyle Calder. Whoever thought was, that line was, I was thinking, second. I was thinking more of like a uh, American version of the French Connection line. So like it'd be like you know, I don't know, American Pies or something. I don't know. Yeah, my, minus the speed of that line. Jeez, those guys could skate. So well, that, that was Gilbert Perrault, Richard Martin, and Rene Robert. Yep, Did those three. Yep. Mm. Very good, very good. Okay, last thing before we uh, before we end for the evening. Any prospects? Oh, the one thing oh, we didn't we didn't mention on, another good shot on Kyle Davidson here is Kyle Davidson does not rush prospects. Clearly, he was not in a hurry. He kept guys in Rockford that should be in Rockford. Um, you know, and that goes for the Ian Mitchells of the world. That goes for the Bodans of the world. You forget about these guys now. You're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, these guys they're they're gone. You know, they're gone and maybe a little bit forgotten about um you know and then he brought some guys up in some auditions toward the the end of the end of the year um you know the 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 big name you know that that the hawks in the prospect world or everyone's got to keep an eye on obviously is lucas reichel he came up and looked in a little bit in over his head but fellas any prospects out there that that you were impressed with where you said okay you know maybe these guys do have somewhat of an NHL future. Let's go to Gate and then Eric and then Bard. Well, just looking over, uh, you know, who's played because so many people have played this year. Um, like Alec Regula uh, yeah, has, has like, shown a little bit. Yeah. Um, even Vlasic has shown a little bit. But, I mean, it is such a small sample size. They, they just basically got thrown to the wolves in the NHL on a bad team, and they seem to have, you know, held together pretty well, which is, is good to see. Um, Soderblom in, in the minors, like he, he, you know, uh, he looks like he might be a player at, at some point, you know, uh, <clears throat> and then Drew Camesso, you know, I got to stay in net because yeah. I am the gatekeeper. And uh, so night, night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I am the gatekeeper and the goalie guy. So it's like, yeah. you know, Camesso and, and Soderblom, that's fine. And 
I'd love to be able to pump the tires on my boy Calendelia, but I think that Do know, he's going to move on to another organization. And yeah, I hope he not. does. And I, I hope he gets a lot of success there. I think, you know, but yeah, uh, yeah I think Seller Blam and uh, Camesso, I think they're going to be looking at trying to be the one, two coming up. Uh, yeah. You know, in the I would, next su- couple I would years. suspect that Camesso will go back for a third season at BU. Um, yeah. I think it was a shame that we didn't get to see him at the world juniors. Cause he was supposed to be USA's number one. And that mm-hmm. really could have been his coming out party. Now I believe the world junior tournament is later this summer um, now. And I don't know who's going to tune in for it. If it's in the middle of August. Uh, yeah. But everyone's at, going to school and yeah. you know, the season's but about at the to same start, time. Yeah. He's still young. I mean, I don't even think he's reached his 20th birthday yet. So he, he could be the guy there. And um, you know, if he, if he does well in that tournament, that would obviously be a good showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like him a lot. Eric, what say you? Any uh, any prospects that you're kind of eyeballing going, okay, maybe they got something here? Yeah, I mean, I think right now, I mean, there's a, a lot, a lot of just kind of guys that at the NHL level, if they turn into full-time NHL players, will just be depth guys. Right. Um, I mean, there, there are so, so many of them. Um, you know, and, and okay, that's fine. You know, you need some guys like that, that's fine. Um, you know, but guys that are really going to, you know, be somewhat notable players. I think you're really looking at Lucas Reichel and, and Drew Camesso. I think that's pretty much about all you've got at this point. Um, you know, there have been some talk about, you know, could Alex Vlasic turn into a second pairing defenseman? You know, can he still maybe, um, you know, realistically, he's probably going to end up being a bottom pair kind of guy though. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really, really just those two guys. Um, you know, yeah, Soderbloom. I don't know. I, I'm not the biggest Soderbloom guy. I think he's just kind of a another guy that might just be a depth option moving forward. You know, maybe he can be kind of like a Kevin Lankinen. Um, you know who he I, reminds me of? Anti Niemi. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a guy that played, but you know, was he ever a a bona fide starter, not really. You know, I mean, he he was a starter on some okay teams over the years. Mm-hmm. I guess he was a starter for the Sharks for a couple of years. Well, they were still pretty good, but yeah. um, you know, for the majority of his career, he was just kind of a you know a, a low end starter, a, a good backup. So mm-hmm. I you know I don't even know if he'll if Soder Bloom will, will reach that level. You know, I kind of see his his ability more being like how Lincoln is, you know, a backup and, you know, can kind of fill in in a pinch and that's about it. Um, So yeah, for me, it's, it's really Lucas Reichel and Drew Camesso are are pretty much the only guys to really get excited about for the future. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, obviously if they do win the draft lottery or the second pick, for this year, that will be someone to get really excited about, you know, Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, somebody like that. Um, You know, or if you don't win and you have your 2023 first round pick, obviously that's going to be a pretty good draft at the top end. So, um, you know, whichever of those two first round picks it ends up being, uh, that's going to be, you know, kind of rounding out your top three prospects there. So, yeah, really not not too much else to be excited about outside of that, honestly. 
Yeah. What do you, what are, are we forgetting anything, Bart, here? I mean, is it time to go back and look at the Mitchells and Bodans and Wyatt Kalanucks of the world? And- Remember the days yeah. when, when they were so worried whether Stan Bowman was going to sign Ian Mitchell yeah. and then all the fan base was up in arms that there was any hint that he wouldn't sign? Remember those days? That was oh, yeah. Those were pretty, pretty, pretty great days. Yeah. He was. Um, well, first off, First off, according to my sources, um, Colin Delia has been offered a contract by the Long Island Jaws of Roller Hockey International. So oh, just very exciting. Oh, very exciting. A, ro- a Roller Hockey International throwback. I love that, Bardo. I love that. I, I need to find that T-shirt. I'm going to find it. So Chicago, Chicago Cheetahs. The Cheetahs, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, what do you say, yeah. Bardo? We missing yeah, out so, so I actually thought that you know I think you said it right gate is that Velasic and regula yeah. um, actually held their own in the in the small sample size that we saw so I, I'd like to see them get an opportunity to win jobs next year now I don't know because there's a lot of veteran guys here but who knows who's going to be back who'll get traded whatever but um but yeah I mean I'd like to see them you know get an opportunity if if they feel that they're ready. Which kind of brings me to another point: who's who's developing and who's coaching these guys beginning yeah. next year? You know, that's a huge thing. Like, who's coaching the defenseman? Is it a, um, uh, is the head coach going to be a former defenseman? Who knows? So that to me is such a big thing. You know, it's like who's leading this team. Um, but apart from that, I mean, obviously Reichel, you know, needs some more time to develop. He looked, you know, a little bit over his skis, as as Eric said, but. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think right now the cupboard, right, Comesso, I think ha, has a lot of upside, but it, there's really, we'll, we'll see what happens with some of these other guys and maybe a new coaching staff will, um, you know, we'll get more out of them than what the previous coaching staff did. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, there were, there uh, and I just have to say, I just have to say, to be fair, I know this all leads to the point where Eric tells us about Josiah Slavin. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I, I did think about dropping that name, but I mean, <laughs> realistically, his ceiling is like a 13th forward or 12th yeah. forward, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, not much. To, he is your you know, Caladelia. <laughs> that's make true. It. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no – it's definitely – there's going to be a different goaltender in a Chicago Blackhawk uniform next year in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like, and Kyle Davidson has not been shy about that that's an area that they need to – look to acquire someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, One thing I wanted to add to um, touching on Lucas Reichel a little bit um, for whatever reason, a big corner of the fan base was up in arms about them burning the first year of his contract. And, okay. you know, I don't know how much you want to yeah. talk about that or debate that, but I don't mind that just because you're getting him to that second contract a year earlier. So right. it's going to be cheaper. Um, yep. You know, by burning that first year, it's essentially just completely getting rid of a year for him to establish what he is, right. which, you know, yeah, maybe that means you end up losing him in the long term a year earlier, but he's probably going to be around for a while. So I don't yep. know how much that really makes a difference. So, you know, if you can save even a million dollars on his next contract because of that. Great. Yeah. No, that helps. I, I like that. So I don't, you know, I, I think to your point, Bardo, I, you know, I think um, regular and, Vla- and Vlasic, particularly regular, and I've obviously been outspoken about him, um, but I, I think he's got a shot to make the club out of camp next year. Um, I thought he was very steady 
in his games. He doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. He keeps his game very simple. Um, and if he learns uh, to read the play a little bit better, then, you know, maybe maybe he could be an NHL regular at some point. The only other player that I think about from time to time who had a pretty good half season in Rockford and had a very good full season in Rockford this past year is Isaac Phillips. Um, oh, yeah. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying this guy is going to turn heads and be the next coming of, you know, whoever. But, I mean, he just – he had a very – for a fifth-round pick – you know, he's 20 years old. He had a really good season in Rockford and, um, and he's got good size and decent speed. And, and it sounds like his game just keeps getting better and better. So he's someone just to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, but again, he's part of a, of a pack of young defensemen in the system. who are all just kind of meh. Uh, so I, don't, I mean, you know, one other knows? guy, one other guy kind of in that mix, you know, the young defenseman that, um, you know, some people think have some upside, um, you know, for me, I'm kind of more a wait and see on this guy just because of, you know, he's done it collegiately and then, you know, taking it professionally is a whole another step, but a guy that, you know, some people really like is Wyatt Kaiser. So yeah. I guess keep an eye on him over the next, yeah. you know, two, three, four Great years in college this year. Yeah. yeah. He's, 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 a, go, he's, he's going back for a third year, right? Didn't he say I he's believe going, so? Yeah. Yeah. As he should. I mean, there's no reason for him to be pro at this point. So, but yeah, I mean, that's a guy that some people feel could be a nice piece moving forward, you know, maybe a second pairing kind of guy, but I don't know. To me, it's, it's just a wait and see. And if he reaches that level, great, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, good. Well, folks, episode 20, 20 episodes this hockey season, uh, pretty cool stuff. Hope you've enjoyed it uh, for those of you that are that have listened. Uh, before I ask my colleagues for any parting shots, I failed to mention our sponsor when we began. My apologies, folks. www.puckhcky.com. Puck Hockey, minus one letter. All in caps. Use discount code THERINK, all in caps, for 10% off. You spend 100 bucks, you get a free T-shirt, which is kind of cool. So there's some good rink wear. Gates got the hat. Bardo's got the shirt. I have nothing. Eric has nothing, but we're still good people. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Be sure to check it out. Any parting thoughts, fellas? No? Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, hang in there. Uh, let's see what Kyle does. Uh, let's hope that, uh, you know, let's not damn him just yet. Let's, let's, yeah. let's let him see what he can do. Um, he's done good so far. Uh, just enjoy the ride and uh, just understand they're going to be bad for a while, but mm-hmm. there will be light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully. And, uh, Got it. you know, maybe the Blackhawks will be winners again in our generation. Be nice. Let's remember, yeah. let's remember we've been here before and maybe it was worse yeah. before when we were the worst franchise in all the pro sports, according to ESPN home yeah. games were not televised and it was a complete and other poop show. Dirt, so, dirt. I suggest you let tomorrow. that one marinate. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, good, good call. So, yeah, enjoy the playoffs, folks, and uh, get ready for the draft. Um, you know, like Gates said, Kyle Davidson could have some uh, aces up his sleeve. He could still have some moves here uh, to pay attention to. Yeah, you could be seeing some of the biggest moves that you know, have happened in decade, you know? Yeah. Or, or not. I mean, but it could very well happen. Better. Yeah, you never know. And on the flip side, we might also start seeing some of the systems for development from Jeff Greenberg, who's the new assistant GM. So 
that's also something to potentially look forward to as far as off the ice type of stuff. And one other thing, folks, and I, I don't know if you're as wounded as I am. And while I don't speak for my rink cast mates, I'm sure they feel the same way. It is going to be very hard to imagine Blackhawk hockey next year without Pat Foley. Um, and uh, hats off to, to Pat Foley on a Hall of Fame career. I mean, since the moment I started watching Blackhawk hockey when I was six years old, he was the voice. Um, it's hard to imagine he's not going to be in the booth. I really hope he comes back for a cameo every now and then. But um, yeah. every famous goal uh, that a lot of you that have been following the Blackhawks for years, uh, when you have him on the tip of the, your tongue, it's usually his voice you're hearing on the other side. And nothing actually matches that. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you YouTube your favorite goals and your favorite moments you're with, in Blackhawk hockey, a lot of times you're looking for his call associated with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. So, um, you know, I'm really going to miss Pat Foley. And um, yeah, I, I actually I agree with that 100 percent, because growing up in New York, you know, I didn't have Sports Channel Chicago, but, you know, I did have Sports Channel America. And that's where I watched the Blackhawks because it was they were on like almost every weekend, you yeah. know, during the Roenick era. So it's like it was Pat Foley and Dale Talon. So and hearing them do that Dallas game a couple of weeks ago was like unbelievable. It was like reliving my childhood. That yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah. So, and Dale still has it. So, I mean, I would love to see, I would still love to see them two together, but it's obviously not going to happen, but hopefully like, you know, we always see Jake McDonald make some appearances here in New York. So it'd be great. Yeah. Jigs is good. I mean, the Hawks, the Hawks should find a way to market that, you know, like the one game, the one comeback game, they do one, they pick like one marquee game. That's like on a Friday night or a Sunday night or whatever. It's going to be on national TV and then have Pat and Dale do it. I wouldn't be. It would be huge. Yeah. And I would. Six o'clock starts. (laughs) Yeah. You might, you might see him around. You might see him knocking around. I think that he'll have a game or two. I really hope so. So. Well, anyway, hats off to you, Pat Foley. Unbelievable career. And Mm -hmm. thank you for being such a memorable part part of my childhood and adulthood with uh, my favorite sports team. Yep. Likewise. Yeah. All right, folks. And confirm. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy trails to all. Happy spring heading into summer. We will be back on this podcast at some point. And um, on behalf of my colleagues, the gatekeeper, Jeff Osborne, Andrew Bard, the Bard, and Eric Andrews, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, we'll see you all soon. That's Bailey in the background. But we'll see you all soon.